0: Welcome to episode number 21 of uh, my podcast. I hope you're all doing really, really well. Um, thanks for tuning in and listening. So today's episode, I want to talk about I want to talk about sleep. Um, this was a topic that was requested by um, some of you guys when I had asked for some input on what you want to hear about on the podcast, and and sleep was one of them. Um, for me, I absolutely love sleep. I always have and I guess um, sort of at the annoyance of some other people I have always found it pretty easy to get in a good night's sleep really regardless of where I put my head down Um, and that's not always the case for some people trying to sleep and trying to get some good quality sleep is probably harder than a really intense workout and when we look at sleep sleep is is fundamental to everybody's life and it's a funny process you know it's it's very very complex and I feel that there is still so little that that we know about it but what we do know is that it's pretty important and it's only when we sleep are we able to kind of I don't digest and kind of link together the dots of things that we've learned during the day and it's also giving our bodies a time to you know um, recover from the stressors that we have um, sort of encountered during the day whether that's been some sort of sort of physical stress in, in the form of working out or it could be a psychological stress um, that we're under so yeah I want to talk about sleep in this podcast and what I'm going to talk about is basically sort of have an insight to what it is and um, Give you some general insight into how much we really need. Um, for everyone here we see ourselves as, as people that are, uh, that, are, that are active, that are fit, so we kind of want to know how that is going to affect our performance. Um, we want to look at some particular barriers, um, barriers to sleep that we might encounter, um, some other tidbits about how sleep loss might affect our performance. And ultimately, at the end, kind of leave you with some some top tips that, you know, you may already know, but to really just reinforce those tips as well. Whereas if you feel that you're not sleeping and you're not taking on board kind of these these key tips and tricks to improve your sleep quality and quantity, then perhaps just hearing it again might point you in the right direction. So, like we said, so sleep, sleep is sleep is a complex, it's fundamental aspect to our life, yet there's so much that we just don't know about it. But things that we do know is that it it helps regulate sort of at a molecular level, our body. It has an integral role in our um, in our ability to maintain homeostasis within the body. And we do know what affects it are certain things such as such as environmental factors such as, jet lag, nutrition, perhaps even some genetic traits. All of these things can really have an effect on our sleep and our sleep quality. So how much do we need? Well, according to sort of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, um, as an adult, we require anywhere between seven to nine hours of sleep for optimal performance and health. Whereas in an adolescent, it's a little bit more it's anywhere between eight to ten hours. And and I sometimes look at these numbers and I often speak to my dad. And my dad has worked shifts um, for as long as I've been alive and, you know, he he pretty much runs on I'd say anywhere between four to five hours sleep per night. And you know, yeah, he's 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 fit and healthy, but but does that have an effect on his overall well being in, in life? Um we don't know. Um I hope not. <laughs> but um you know, I feel that with extra sleep, he, you know, he could, you know, perform better. He could, you know, do things that he wants to do without the element of being fatigued or tired. um So, and that kind of just runs off the back of, you know, the amount of sleep that we do need. It does vary widely between individuals, and that's why I'm saying. I mean, these these are guidelines. I mean, seven to nine hours of sleep in an ideal world. That's grand. But there are some times where, you know, you, you, you only get a couple of hours sleep or, or whatever the case may be. Um, it's really just whenever it's chronic and, and over a prolonged period of time. I think that's whenever, you know, you really need to look at, um, um, at sort of your, your sleep process or, or your sleep schedule. Um, but as it does differ between different individuals. And again, like I said, so sleep can be affected by, you know, sort of physiological and psychological stress as well as, as well as illness. Um, and that's purely just looking at the duration. So, you know, seven, seven to nine hours of sleep is what we should be taking on. But, you know, that's just the duration. You know, nine times out of ten, you can probably lie in your bed for nine hours. But, but are you actually getting the good quality sleep that your body actually um, actually needs? Um, what we're learning now is it's very important that the quality of your sleep makes up a high proportion of this and that is something that is inc- being more increasingly recognized as the vital element of sort of overall health and well-being and I'm not sure if we've heard about the different phases of our sleep whether that be you know light sleep or um, REM or or, or, your, or your sort of your deep sleep all of these things um, you know depending on what the the best balance between them um, should be um, but what the majority of available, evidence from from certain papers that i have that i have read that seems to suggest that um people that do exercise seem to sleep better in terms of duration and quality than people that are not active um and what i'm talking about here is people that are living an active lifestyle where it includes a moderate amount of exercise consistently Um, we know that if we are training for a competition or if you're an athlete then sort of the the moderate amount of exercise isn't something that kind of falls under our remit it tends to be a little bit more um, intense it can be you know um, it it can have the opposite effect on our sleep so if we're looking at how it might affect athletes so for, for this here we're talking about an athlete that is you know either performing um, or sorry getting ready for a competition or perhaps even a high level athlete um, as, as a you know sleep loss can result in you know physical performance detriments um, and again there's a various amount of studies that have been carried out and some have concluded that there hasn't been a change in performance whereas some have and what tends to be the thing is, is, is really how much sleep we're losing. Um, you know can we get away with losing one hour' of sleep but when it kind of creeps towards you know longer you know um, chronic lack of sleep, that's whenever the, the, the sort of reduction in performance might be um, affected. Um, when our sleep quality and our quantity are reduced, it has been seen to have a negative effect on our cognitive performance, so our ability for you know to think. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty much sure I'm pretty sure that everyone listening here, whenever you've had a really bad night's sleep and you you know you've woken up in the morning, it just feels like your your brain is foggy. You know, your reaction times are a little bit you know you know misty, and you know you're just not as you know as sharp as you would be, and that's normally where you kind of jug in the coffee, um, but. I mean, that there can be seen even from a non-athlete side of, um, side of, um, side of the table there as well. Um, so if we know that, you know, increases in training intensity or volume, anything like that there ha- can actually decrease our sleep quality, then we kind of need to know, um, you know, how to, how to combat that in some way, shape or form. Um, and, like I said, that is very, very individual, but there are certain tips that I'll come to at the end that you could help um, sort of embed into your sleep schedule or your sleep calendar, um, whatever that may be. When we look at certain barriers to sleep in athletes, um, I mean, I would often or more often or not follow, you know, a lot of ultra endurance runners. Um, and obviously, for that particular sport, this culture you know they would appear to sort of idolize the ability to to be able to still function on minimal sleep and and that's what they have to do um but you know potentially that is obviously inhibiting them from obtaining the adequate sleep um during that time and where it might only be for a short period of time that's okay but you know there comes a point where if this is chronic then we you really don't know what effect that is going to have and probably the reason why i'm saying this here is because As a as a recreational athlete, we're always seeking or always trying to kind of raise the bar on our performance. And, you know, if we're a runner and we see these ultra runners going out and, you know, running through the night and, you know, running off very, very little sleep, we often get motivated to to do the same um, where, you know, it always comes back to, you know, looking at yourself as an individual. You know, are you ever going to do that? Probably not. So why would you need to restrict your sleeping pattern to see how you're going to perform whenever you know that you know it may have the potential to um, sort of reduce your ability to perform? Um, and not so much. It, well, it is it is a barrier, but obviously, as as, as an athlete, you know, our training our training volume um, tends to increase, um, especially in the run up to you know our competition. Whenever you're coming up to your to to your peak and with an increase in in intensity and volume that has been seen to potentially have a negative effect um, on our sleep there was a a particular study where there was 27 adults were assigned you know um, sort of um, a functional overreaching program and those on that particular program sort of exhibited significant reductions obviously in in one in in, in sleep in sleep time Um, and not only that but as an athlete more often or not sometimes in order to get all the training done that we need in in the day we would often split up our training so we might do an am session and a pm session and these this sort of split session um can also um sort of affect our ability to um get good quality sleep so we've talked a little bit about obviously the training surrounding you know the ability to sleep well but you know we are training towards something and that something is a competition um so the sleep athletes can also sort of be undermined by the competition um you know not only does a competition sort of the build up to it sort of you know with increased sort of physiological loads but it also has sort of a psychological impact on us as well where you know we have associated disturbances perhaps in our mood and the stress and, and the anxiety all of which can have a negative effect on sleep as well um, and then, just sort of as as, as a final part, um, if you're an athlete and you're traveling to a particular um, event, that there should also be taken into consideration because sort of changing time zones um, and air travel can obviously massively um, have a have a have a negative effect on your ability um, to sleep. And, and we've all been there. We've we probably all traveled to you know a different continent where we've arrived, you know. We, we, we traveled on sort of Monday afternoon and we arrived on early hours of Monday morning and it's like oh my goodness where did that time go and you know for a couple of days it just kind of leaves you all out of sorts you really know yourself you're not in a position to train well with regards to sort of real examples of, of how it can affect your, your performance again drawn on some some papers that I have that I've read um, one night of sleep loss um, can decrease your time to exhaustion um it can also result in you know a decreased performance in this is specifically running but in this particular study when the the participants were doing a three kilometer time trial there was a four percent reduction in their overall um, in their overall performance it can also be seen that um with regards to sleeping less and getting injured, um, this one is one that is is quite is quite grey. Um, it's still very unclear whether or not a lack of sleep has a direct effect on on injury, um, but they may be related, um, and that may be due to, for example, if we're talking about um, sort of an acute injury, it's something that happens then and there. We know that you know a lack of sleep sort of impairs our reaction time or cognitive function, so in that position you know if we go into a match or we go into an event where you know um, we are sleep deprived and the sport as in itself um, requires a high degree of cognitive function and reaction time you may be putting yourself at risk for um, an injury as well um, and also sort of on the back of that with a reduction in our sleep we may be holding on to higher levels of fatigue because it's when we sleep does our body try and pull us back into that homeostatic state Um, so if we are holding fatigue then that might also contribute to um, an injury risk as well Um, not so much on the injury side but if we're looking at kind of kind of sickness and health um, it it can be seen that when our sleep is reduced um, we have sort of immunosuppressive response to that um, which may Um, sort of increase our susceptibility specifically to upper respiratory infections Um, and it in one particular paper it's seen that individuals who slept less than seven hours were nearly three times as likely to develop an infection in compared to people who slept eight or more Um, and that's the the, this information obviously is is there it's it's there for everyone to see Um, obviously it doesn't take into consideration everybody in the world so everything that we do read we have to read with with an open mind, um, you know, and, and and understand that you know maybe one bad night's sleep isn't gonna you know create an injury. It isn't gonna you know give us a respiratory infection. The, all these things can be seen, you know, where it is it is chronic, and it is also combined with other things that you know sort of push that 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 sort of sort of push that line closer to you know, injury uh, susceptibility and whatnot as well. So if I was to wrap this up and kind of offer sort of the key top tips. So one thing we know is, is sleep's important. We need it. You know, the more sleep, not duration, but, you know, better quality sleep that we get, we can sort of tick that box off knowing that we have done, you know, one thing that will help our performance where maybe other things may not. Um, so if we kneel, sleep, then that's, you know, it kind of puts us in a better position. Um, so top tips, um, sleep hygiene. It doesn't mean getting a shower before you go to bed. Basically, sleep hygiene is described um, as sort of practicing behaviors that can aid or facilitate our sleep um, and avoiding barriers that interfere with that sleep as well. So the barriers that we talked about was maybe the double training sessions, the late night games that we have, all of those things. Um, if we then sort of look at behaviours that we might look at, um, well, that can be as simple as our sleeping environment should be obviously comfortable. Um, you know, no one wants to sleep on a, on a bad floor or, you know, or in a car or on a sofa. So sleep in a bed. <laughs> Ensure that the room is cool it's well ventilated, it's dark, and it is without electronic devices. There should be minimal ambient noise or distraction. You should have a consistent schedule that allows you to establish the same sleep time as well as a similar wake time as well. In an ideal world, you would should allow anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes of downtime or quiet time, relaxation before bed, that has been seen to really help facilitate um, good quality um, sleep. Um, What what happens is that um, although sort of studies in um, electronic um, devices, we often have seen them as as, as sort of a a detriment to nighttime uh, nighttime sleeping. Um, The research there tends to say that the effect of electronic devices may suppress sort of the natural melatonin production and that is what can affect sleep so that's why you know sort of one hour before your bedtime is reasonable to kind of switch off those particular um, devices. I'm going to be honest with you as well Um, this is something that i do not adhere to um i pretty much will look at my um on my ipad before i go to bed in fact it's the one thing that puts me to sleep um it's just gonna be so bad but i don't mind um, i will literally scroll and that there actually puts me to sleep um so as i said i mean these are things that may um, may help perhaps maybe in people who have a real trouble sleeping this is something that you would definitely want to build into your routine um you know as i said quite fortunate in myself that i um i've never had massive issues sleeping so yeah i feel i don't need to do that (laughs) um but on other things as well um sort of intake of caffeine um or other stimulants um those should be limited to morning hours again that there is something that that i do definitely adhere to i tend to um sort of not take any caffeinated products in, in terms of sort of um you know coffee anytime after um 2 in the afternoon um, ideally alcohol nicotine those should be avoided they have a massive disruptive effect on sleep i mean i can account for that there Um, I again I I don't I don't drink an awful lot in fact I you know I'd probably go to say I don't drink at all and if I do I know that it just massively affects my sleep Um, and lastly what I would say is if you are somebody who does suffer from um, sort of irregular sleep patterns you know you'll sometimes find that there are certain times where the quality of your sleep is worse than others i would encourage you to keep a sleep diary or a sleep yeah or a sleep journal for at least sort of two to four weeks use that journal to sort of log in your sleep time your wake time your quality of sleep during that time were you restless in the night were you did you wake up in the night the key things that we're talking about what but both in as well what time did you train what type of training did you do when was your last caffeinated product did you use your iphone or your ipad just before you went to bed what is your level of sort of psychological stress during the day is it a really hard time that you're having because of exams or is it because of work and from that you're pretty much able to formulate a picture or a plan and then you can start this like an elimination process so if you're not sleeping well and it's a time where, you know, you've had coffee, you've used your iPad, you're highly stressed at work, pick one of those elements, pull it back. Has that had an effect? Yes, win-win, excellent, okay? Always try and change, you know, go for the low-hanging fruit. You may not be able to change the stress that you're encountering in work, but, you know, taking your phone away an hour at night is something that can be pretty manageable. Not drinking coffee after half two, again, something that that is easy. Um, and if you've eliminated all of those things and it is still the stressors of the of the work of the of the training or of the relationship then look at what you can control you know perhaps you know that could be a totally different podcast as well as well as you're changing your train of thinking to you know ha- build healthy relationships with what's going on um, in your life right now so guys that is that is a little bit about sleep um, again I hope you find it a little bit informative Um, enjoyable and um, you know maybe even want to listen to this two hours before you go to bed and then switch off your phone but guys um, thank you very much for listening and until next week stay healthy